Welcome back, dude and dudettes, to another wild episode of Send It, Mate. We're here to talk about all things hunting and outdoors, and today we've got something that'll keep your gear running smoother than a dingo's getaway. That's right, our show is brought to you by High Calibre, the gun and knife hole company that knows how to keep your firearms and blades in tip-top shape. High Calibre is like the secret sauce for hunters, anglers and outdoorsy folk everywhere. It's like the magic potion that makes your gun and knives happier than a dog with two tails. You know, guys, I've been using high-caliber oil for a while now, and let me tell you, it's the duck's nuts. My rifle practically sings a lullaby when I take it out hunting. And speaking of lullabies, ever tried sneaking up on a deer with a squeaky gun? It's a prime way to end up with no venison in the freezer. You'll be hungrier than a vegan at a bacon festival. Absolutely. But with high-caliber oil, your gun will be quieter than a ninja in moonlight. You'll be stalking your prey with the grace and stealth of a mountain lion. High Calibre doesn't just keep things quiet, it also prevents rust and corrosion, so you won't find your gear looking like it's spent a season at the bottom of a creek. That's right, and for you knife enthusiasts out there, High Calibre has got you covered too. Your trusty blade will slice through anything smoother than butter on a hot biscuit. So folks, don't let your gear become a rusty squeaky mess. Head on over to highcalibre.com.au and grab a bottle of their oil today. And if you use the code SENDITMATE at checkout, you'll get a special discount. I say again, use the code SENDITMATE for all your oil slick, stealthy hunting needs. Thanks to High Calibre, you'll be sending it in style and silence. So, gear up, oil up, and send it, mate. High Calibre, the ultimate oil for the ultimate hunter. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Send Made Podcast coming to you on location today. Yeah, live from the middle of nowhere. I'm Caleb. I'm Josh. Hey, Z. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it's like shit, I'm waiting for my cue. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. We have a stand-in today for Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. We have the one and the only and Josh Haynes. Welcome. How are you? Yeah, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have a bit of a special guest for you tonight. That was a bit of a spur of the moment. We got a bit bit lucky. Yeah, exactly. Well, should we introduce our guest? We should. Well, me, you. Yeah, no, you someone has to. Far out. You're the one talking. <laughs> Might be on location, not on holiday. Anyway, we've got Beth Nichols from Wild Deer Mag. How are you, Beth? Good, guys. Thanks, Thanks for, for inviting me. Yeah, no dramas. Thanks for coming on. At not not like you really had a choice. You like <laughs> rocked up and like, no, you want to do a podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't uh, really what? say no <laughs> now. <laughs> oh well, let's let's be honest. If you didn't come on tonight, then we'd all be in here being noisy and probably keeping you awake. So true. And we'd probably have more drinks than what we should. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Are you really thanking me for that? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I, no, I am definitely. Yep. All right, you still yeah. a headache. You can though. shoot straight tomorrow then. D- yeah, yep. <laughs> don't really want to wake up hungover. <laughs> Not while we're out here anyway. So yeah, we're all, we're all together for a bit of a, a hunt. Um, Haynes has been kind enough to to get us all out for a hunt, so it's been awesome so far. I've been down here for two days. Beth Beth arrived today. Josh has been. I'm on just going to live here. <laughs> we're moving. Yeah. Yeah, I think we already have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Went three days without meat, mate. 
Oh, we had a really nice meet tonight. We um, well, Josh shot a red the other day, and we had it hanging up, and we band sorted up today and some chops, and she was pretty on point. Oh, and your fellow. Oh, and the fellow was really yeah. good as well. Yeah. Bone in, mate. Only way to do it. Yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> oh shit! That's uh, the um, animal bone. You leave it on the meat. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. Thanks, mate. That's you are taking over Ryan's position tonight, so you got to bring a bit of that. So thank you. That's right. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, what we'll do now is get to know Beth a little bit better. So uh, we'll roll through our standard questions. Beth, are you ready? Why not? Beautiful. All right. First one, easy one. Where are you from? I am from Bensdale in Victoria. Barnsdale. Not Mate, you're Barnsdale. saying it wrong. No, no, not say it like the locals do. You can tell you're an out of towner. Maybe Ben Bensdale. was from a barn. <laughs> Maybe. And his mate was Dale. <laughs> <laughs> He's quick. He's witty. He's on par. <laughs> is it is it Scottish? Like the the origin of it? Like as in Ben is in baby, the Scottish. Look, let's go with that because I have no clue. <laughs> that's that's, what, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I do have Scottish heritage, so I do remember some grandparents saying, oh, the wee baron. It's it's a beautiful town, actually. Uh, I have a mate that lived down, that lives there. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, picturesque. Very yeah, pretty. Awesome it. hunting. Mm. Yep. Yeah, you, yeah. you got the lake out the front. you got the mountains behind the town. It's it's. What else can you want? Love it. Pretty much. You've always been there or – um, no, I was born in Wagga Wagga in New South. Okay. Oh, that's your first problem. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I told you there table, was something going on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, we moved from the country lifestyle and cattle cattle farming when I was about seven and moved to the coast in Meetung, which is about half an hour from Bensdale. And um, that was really good. I, I enjoyed that as a kid. And then, yeah, lived in Bensdale, went to uni in Geelong, and then came back to Bensdale. Wow. Like, as in, did you commute to uni or did you live in Geelong? No, I lived in Geelong. That's Melbourne f- was too scary, yeah. so I went to Geelong. That's a fair and drive. would drive from Geelong back to Bensdale on holidays. Wow. I was going to say, that would take a while every day, mate. No, nah, not it. Yeah, you wouldn't want You'd to do that every day. You'd have a chopper. Yeah, no way. Right. You'd need a chopper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's hectic. So just walk out the back and uh, no. Best <laughs> <laughs> back. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> so your folks left farming, two farming. No. Ben say, the word, say the word. You can say it. Oh, Come you on, you nearly can do it. had it. <laughs> Try again. Ben's there we go. Oh. <laughs> I'm dyslexic, all right. Leave me alone. <laughs> two of us here. <laughs> I'm screwed. Fifty-fishy ratio. It's not good. But yeah, um, did they, they they go back into farming or they they like leave up farming altogether? No, they left farming altogether. Oh, so right. Dad had done it his whole life, and we had family holidays in Nungurna with my mum's folks. And yeah, they they decided they wanted that coastal lifestyle and sold up and yeah, yeah moved to Meetung and yeah, fair enough. I'm glad they did because I had a ball. It was good. Good yeah. upbringing. Nice one. All right, let's keep it rolling. What's your favourite food? Favourite food? Look, lamb cutlets are pretty hard to pass. Oh, so you oh. are shitting on my red deer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, no, your red deer tonight trumped the cutlets. It actually took me by surprise. I don't know if it's because I ate it first or <laughs> But no, they, they were better, I reckon. Tonight they were. Yeah. That yeah that was but then I've never had red deer either, though, so ah. there you go. Oh, yeah, all right. Hey. Mm-hmm. Man, it's pretty good, though. 
It was outstanding. Yeah. Well cooked by the chef too. It was outstanding. He's on it. Dad joke of the year. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to roll out with a few of these, I'll roll out with this. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got any more, I'll, I'll hit that, all right? That's awesome. Cool. All right. Yeah, very good. Can't go wrong with lamb. Easy one. All right. What was your first job? My first job was on five bucks an hour at a bakery in Meetung. And I was about 12 or 13, I think. Wow. Yep. Five bucks an hour. Yep. At a bakery, That's just s- serving or, or baking? Nah, serving. Serving. Yep. That's how much a pie is now. <laughs> <laughs> pie an hour. <laughs> <laughs> True. Sweet. All right, easy one. If you could trade places with anyone in the world, who would that be? That's a tough one. I actually don't know that I want to trade places with anyone. That's a fair Because I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy in my own skin, pretty happy doing what I'm doing. Yep. Making the most of it and I enjoy it. So I don't think I'd really want to trade places with someone. Someone might look like they're having a better life, but you just don't know what's going on. So I'm happy with mine. I don't know. If I was Kerry Packer, I'd probably, probably be loving life. I mean, it doesn't have to be permanently, maybe just for a day. Yeah. So you could you could have a you could be a billionaire for a day. Do whatever you want. Could be male or female. It's we've covered this already early tonight. It's Look, it might sound corny, but money would I don't not know, buying a a super great cars or getting flown everywhere. There's opportunities that I'd want to have in my life life, like to be able to go and hunt moose or, or elk or or like wolves or whatever it might be. But I can still do that in my own life, my own skin. Yeah, know my boundaries, know what I'm good at. Fair enough. Have my own She's content, crap. mate. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Genuinely that's a, content. You're the first person that said that, actually. Oh, huh. no. Would not change yep. a thing. All right, well, yep. we won't probe further then. Next question. Do you have kids? No, no, I don't have kids. She's looking after three now. <laughs> 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 you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, anytime soon, do you reckon? Or? Oh, you just... You got to be ready for them. Yeah, kids 100%. are such a big thing; they're going to turn your life upside down, and we're just not in that position where we want to do that yet. So, yep. fair enough. Yeah, well, guess we'll see. She's happy in her own skin. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. I had no idea. Like, yeah, good spotting. <laughs> cool. All right. What is the most dangerous thing you've ever done? That's happened in the last year. That happened when I got my biggest samba stag yet. We were um, hunting pretty insane mountains and we got right up to Bluffy Cliffs, shot my stag, um, went to retrieve it, got it, went to go back down those cliffs and it looked like you could easily get back down in the path that we took. You had to sort of slide down to get like halfway down the rocky ledge and um, it was just a sheer drop, like maybe, oh, it'd have to be over five metres, enough to make you go. Yeah. Saying something oh, yeah. you probably shouldn't be saying on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but, you, yeah. This is so a safe space. What? You can say we, whatever you want yeah. on this one. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Um, and it was bloody terrifying. There was – we couldn't climb back up. We had, yeah, pretty heavy packs on. There was a oh, – probably the standard size of what your family's table would be, flat but angled vertically of a rock face between where we were standing and where we'd want to be standing. And it was covered in moss. So there's the drop, there's that mossy rock, and there's the tiniest groove. 
and you got big hiking boots on and that's the only groove that you could hold, like get your foot into to get across. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified. And a lot of my, like it's, yeah, a lot of my fears or whatever wakes me up at night if I need to wake up or I've been asleep for too long will be like falling off cliffs. So this was, this was <laughs> up there. But, yeah, I was up there with my husband and we knew that was the only way across. So, yeah, knowing what I know about the human body, I knew that the more nervous I was, the more locked up I'd be, the less yeah. movement you'd flow. So I pictured grass just underneath that rocky ledge as best I could, psych myself up, shoved my boot in there, grabbed onto whatever little thing I could grab, pictured grass and just went across. Yeah, wow. And then tried to not die from a heart attack from going across it. <laughs> Feeling pretty glad. And, um, yeah, Bain made it across too and – yeah, we actually didn't keep walking. We stopped for a second because it was just – that was a lot of adrenaline. That was a pretty big thing and I'm glad we made it across. So yeah. that oh, was the yeah. most dangerous thing I've done. And I, if I saw another stag up on that bluffy cliff, I would not shoot it. I would not go back up that after what we did. Hunting Victoria ain't no southeast paddock, guys. She's <laughs> mm. steep, dangerous country. Oh, hang on, mate. You've nearly killed three people in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's in a week. That's just from walking yeah. too quickly. Yeah, should I have come here tonight? <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, it is true. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I don't know. You're going to have to skip that one. I can't think of anything that comes to mind, and I'd want to do it justice. All right. So. Well, let it let it ruminate yeah. for the rest of the podcast, and we'll come back to it. Done deal. All right. What's your most treasured possession? My sense of humour. I reckon if I've lost that and I can't giggle my way through my day, even when it's turning to crap, that's pretty. Cool. This, I reckon that, it's going to be pretty hard yakka. So that's something I really don't want to lose. That's a cracker answer. Yeah. Maybe one of the better answers we've had. Yeah. Prob- and I'd agree, sense of humour can get you through a lot, can't it? Oh, um, yeah, you have to laugh yeah. or you'll want to cry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. might laugh and cry at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remind me to bring a diaper tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you've got them? Uh, (laughs) Do I have to answer that question? No. (laughs) (laughs) She's your man, (laughs) Boy, you're learning so much tonight. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, I, I, I really like that answer. Well, should we enforce the rules, Josh, in terms of what is your most treasured possession? Yes, we should. Uh, has to be materialistic. We've asked everyone this because a lot because of people go, "Oh, my my partner or my kids, kids is yeah. my most treasured possession." Yeah, but material possessions, which might be hard, because it sounds like you're not very materialistic. But no, because like most of the materialistic stuff, you can replace. True, and I don't really have any like family heirlooms or anything that I'd want to pass along to kids or. But I hate being cold and I love this jacket, so There you go. That's that's about yeah. it at this point in time. Yep. That is simple. Where you're mapping out a, a a good display of who you are actually. Yeah, there's some deep answers there. Oh good. Number open book, so That's the way. All right. A jacket. Yep. <laughs> simple. <laughs> Sorry. Took one Happy off days, that I'm <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. We've had a lot of people, like, say their car or their rifle or anything. Was there anything else particularly interesting? 
Oh yeah, boat. Yeah, part of oh, war, uh, uh, their grandfather's war medal. Like, but that's you know, oh, a bit in a start. I just thought of another one. I love music. Yeah. So, phone or any sort of device where you can play like your Spotify or your music. I've seen your phone. Oh, but. <laughs> Oh, do, um, do I have to tell them how bad back. it is? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to explain that for yep. everyone. Yeah, Expert. I'm um, definitely rough on gear. So my oppo at the moment is smashed all over the What the, the hell is an phone. oppo? An oppo is actually one of the highest competing phones against Samsung. You could so have just an bought an Apple and then like, you'd be Apple? like, oh, yeah. Nah. Best security. I like how she said highest competing phone against yeah, Samsung. Exactly. Yeah. It's not us. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One Nokia 3310. <laughs> <laughs> Dug up two years yeah. ago beats that. No, nah, look, I just couldn't do an Apple phone. That didn't even come to mind that they're even competing against Samsung. No, nah, I can't do it. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's had a hard life. So, yeah. It's bowed. It looks like a boomerang. Yeah, it's also bent. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, but yeah. it's worked. It's been <laughs> dropped <laughs> off a lot of different places and yeah, sat on and smushed and and it's still going. So yeah, happy days. Oh, there's one for what was it? Apes? Uh, apo- apes? <laughs> what was it? Oh my god! I don't gosh. know, mate. What do you What do you mean? Your Elaborate. Phone. Your phone. No, we we evolved. Oppo. Oppo. <laughs> Apes, you're wrong with apes. Yeah, oppo. Apes, oppo, something, I don't know. I think he needs an oppo. Yeah. (laughs) I need a beer. Oppo (laughs) ration. I've never heard of it before. Not once. Yeah, well, when I first seen it, I was like, I'm not getting one of them. It's bent, it's broken. No, no, that's just. It's actually a flip phone, mate. It's just C's in the open position. It's like it's bent. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, good, good. You didn't find it, did you? Sorry? You didn't find that phone. This one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. This is the first yeah. time I'm well, seeing it. It yeah. is a banana. So, it is. It, yeah. yeah. It's, I've really I've smushed, smushed it a lot, so it's a bit bent. Works, works like a treat, but, yeah, the back of it's just, like, properly smashed. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And still goes. So, yeah, I know <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, the back cover's probably keeping it back together. The case like, is holding keeping it, together. it together. Having said that, that case doesn't look like much of a case. No, but that's what I'm saying. It doesn't even have a screen protector on it. So, this phone has genuinely had a flogging. Flogging has been dropped so how, many times. Like, how old? A year, which is good for me because I went through four Samsungs in a year. What? And they had proper hard cases and screen protectors and everything. Not even kidding. I do never throw my phone ever. Get yourself a life-proof case. That thing's indestructible. I can't get a life-proof case for an Oppo. Look like they oh, don't yeah, make yeah, it because yet. no one knows about it, mate. Uh, they do now. <laughs> they do now. I'm telling you, it's not apes. It's Oppo now. You know. <laughs> Go and buy a brand new phone, slimline. Put a Oppo. Well, what did you say it was? A life-proof case on it. Looks like a shoebox. That's how big they are. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, you're not it's wrong. Pretty intense. It's not, it's not Actually, slimline. I have tried the life proof case from a mates, and it's not responsive with your fingers really easily on the screen. I oh, that's I didn't have. Uh, I didn't have a good Chinese knockoff. It. Oh, it's probably not made for it. For the, <laughs> Chinese knockoff. For the it was genuine. 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 Yeah. Yeah, but no one's heard of Oppo. So oh, it wasn't on Oppo. <laughs> 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 At least you got the name right this time. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. Oppo's from eBay, I think. Hey. Oppo is from eBay. Oh, it sounds like it's from the bin. 
Let's move on. I love of all things you've just decided to pick on our phone. <laughs> oh, I know. If, you, if you guys seen it, you'd understand. <laughs> no, you haven't seen it. Yeah. No, the people. <laughs> <laughs> He's honest, isn't he? <laughs> Zero filter. <laughs> oh, dear. No, that's why we like it. All right. Um, recommend a movie to us, Beth. I just watched The Adam Project and I thought it was pretty good. It was clever, wasn't it? Mm. Very clever. Yep. Good yeah. actors. He fell asleep half near in Netflix. Hey? He fell asleep halfway in. <laughs> 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 I don't watch much TV, but Adam Project is it good, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed Ryan, it. Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. You can't pretty, go wrong pretty with Ryan good. Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. He's, a, fun, he's a funny dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a funny dude. Just a little snippet. What's it about? I want, not, not to give it. too much away. <laughs> so, so, I don't want to give too much away. This is the thing. You recommend a movie, but you don't tell them the yeah. whole plot. No, ruin it for everybody. But it's got a bit of time travel in time it. Time travel, yeah. And oh, there's yeah. a bit of stuff that's happened and there's a chance to change it. But there's so much more that goes into it, I just don't want to give it up. That's perfect. I mean, that's yeah. pretty much the main reason. If you could time travel, you'd go back and change things. No shit. At this point in time in my life, I wouldn't go back and change it. Because you're so comfortable in your own skin. Well, the crap times have made you who you are. They do. They Like you can't be who you are today. Yeah, but some crap times. Mate, you've had more crap times than I have. I've had some of the things. So I understand. But where I'm at with the life that I've had, I don't think I'd go back and change things because it's got me to where I am. Shape, and you like so. Yeah, I understand. What happens yeah. shapes you, I reckon. Yeah. We, we actually had this conversation today. Uh, in the car while we <laughs> went quickly nipped down to the pub. But um, coming back from the, the pub and we were talking about would you change anything in your life? Mm. And, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, you, yeah, said, yeah, yeah. you said no. Life experiences uh, and whatever else. I oh, said, no, no. We were talking about being 18 versus the age we are now. No, that yeah. was around the fall no, no. last night. My God, you two. We were sitting at the tavern eating our lunch outside and we were talking about how old we are now and being able to go back to be 18. But what we'd want is not not to be 18 with 18-year-old wisdom, but to be 18 with 35-year-old wisdom and have all the life experiences. Yep, I remember now. He's right. I'm yeah, right. He's right. We, we got there eventually. <laughs> Look, we took the wrong, long road, but we got there. With with all three of us, we've got one good brain. So. Because There's four of us here, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The conclusion of that was... What I remember was oh, yeah. if you were 19 with the mindset now, you'd be, Caleb said, he's really smart and you'd be able to advance against the rest. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, give it five years, you'd be bored. Because there's nothing to learn. Well, there's not no, as much to learn. you'd be ahead of everyone else and then have a good time for five years and then what? Oh. Everyone, everyone's caught up. I put it like this, like uh, I wish – when I first joined the army, I was very young, and uh, pushing through tough times was, was physically it was like demanding, obviously, but mentally, my your brain would be like, "Oh, just quit and this and that," and, and there would be that little songbird in your head. And uh, but now, now being older, I just see, I know that everything has an end. So it's like, no matter how much it sucks, you just sort of can push through. And you just you just know it, and you just seem to do it. Yeah, you just get into it. Yeah, um, that would have been nice to, I, I guess, 
realised at a younger age because uh, all that little, all those little uh, thoughts and things in your head stop you from reaching your full potential. I think, well, physically anyway, uh, and mentally, I guess. But I agree. They play together too, though the physical and the mental. Oh, yeah. so. They do, they do. But physicals, pains. No one's ever died from pains. So, so pain is pretty easy to. To push through. I think that's Are you a, sure no one's died from pain? No, well, you can go into shock, yeah. <laughs> well, that would pain, cause you to no. die, wouldn't it? Yes, but shock will cause you yeah, to but, die, but not pain. Yeah, but I think shock, really? shock also blindfolds what's currently happening and then you, you go after. That was my experience. What What do you mean go after? What happened to you? Well, you, you go into shock and then I think like, you, like your, your mind and your brain and that shuts that part off. And you don't realise that you've gone out of that and passed away and then come back because of the shock. Geez, you've had a hard time at some point, haven't you? Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. So that was when you guide two clowns around. No. <laughs> that was no, quick. That that's, was good. that's just like from my experience back when I got stabbed, like I said previously in my other podcast, you know, and I feel, I feel the shock blindfolds your memory. So you don't remember that, otherwise it'll talk, it'll it'll, it'll kind of torture you or mm. haunt you a little bit. Yeah, there's heaps of dudes that have been shot and they're like, I didn't feel it. Mm. Your brain just switches it off, just like yeah, yep. they don't feel it. They try to walk, they've been shot in the leg or something, and try yep. to walk, and they suddenly their leg just doesn't work, and then they realise, yeah. and then when they visually see it, then the pain hits. So you, you die. I agree with that. I had yeah. a car accident at eighteen. Didn't know I was hurt at all. Mm. Managed to get out of the car, managed to call for help. It was only when someone rocked up, saw how bad the car was, saw me and said, are you okay, that I realised, oh, I can't really turn my neck. Oh, wow, taking a breath in, wow, that really hurts. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then you kind of turn to crap. Yeah, yeah. that's because yeah. of the shock. But shock, yeah, shock will get you out and shock and adrenaline mm, will get you out of pretty hard situations without you knowing how messed up you are. Mm. I've had some tough... Guiding occasions lately. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And when I spoke to um, the nurse with Martin's situation, he she said he's in major shock mm. and that's why he shut down and couldn't communicate. And he probably won't remember half of what happened on that first day because of that. Yeah. yeah. It's true you can't speak or think properly when yeah. you're in shock. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're on the outside and you don't realise that until you hear it and you go... Well, that makes sense. Yeah, the poor bugger was actually pretty shocked. <laughs> yeah, well, you could tell with Martin actually because his skin went like a uh, pale, uh, and and he was like I was checking his pulse at one stage, and he was cold and clammy, mm. and I'm like, oop, <laughs> he's not doing well. Well, that's no. when I thought it was serious. Before then, I was like, oh, just get over it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't know you're in shock when you're in shock, though. Because when they bailed me into that ambulance after that car accident, they were piling on blankets. They said, are you cold? I'm like, no. Nah. They're yeah. like, okay. And they put like another three blankets on me. And I'm like, I'll get hot. They're like, oh, okay. And they put another three on me. Yeah. Yep. Did not get hot the whole way to the hospital. Yeah. Got to the hospital. They were, I could barely breathe, couldn't turn my neck. And they were, the nurses That's... were fussing around my feet. Yeah. I'm like, why are you fussing around my feet? Like they're all together. Like it was because I was in shock and they're worried about circulation. They were trying to warm them up. Like, no shoes you on don't know. Well. <laughs> yeah. You don't know you're in shock. You have no idea. Well, that's like Martin when he got when we got back. He's like, I'm cold. Well, yeah. I'll put a jumper on, man. You got yeah. a t-shirt on. Yeah. But because he, good, was he in recognized shock. it. Yeah, but we ask him questions and how you feeling and stuff like that. And yeah. then 
he let us know, and it's like, well, you need to get warm. And most people, though, you know, if they're cold, and like they can they can say out loud, oh, I'm cold, and then there was like this distinct pause, and Josh is like, go put a jumper on, <laughs> mate. What are you doing? Just like, well, you want us to put it on? Like at this stage, the severity of his injuries weren't weren't apparent. So yeah, but we we didn't realise <laughs> that because he wasn't communicating. That yeah, that too yeah. And you're right, you sort of can't communicate, and yeah, yeah. Gets all, all seven shades of shit pretty quick. But the I, car I guess you guys learned <laughs> a few things then, like about oh, what it looks like when someone's yeah. in shock or what to do. Or oh, like I've seen, what seen happens, plenty of people like, in shock, but it, it's yeah. more just like I think it's the situation didn't seem – the situation where it happened didn't seem like it was dire. It was like, okay, you're coughing, cool. So it was, there was no like emphasis put on it. Like yeah, in, internal, you wouldn't have. So we should probably clarify: he hasn't got an injury as a result of hunting with Hainsy. <laughs> it's it's more than likely something pre-existing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you yeah. look so ashamed right now? Because <laughs> yeah. that was one. I felt out of pretty three. bad. I must admit, I, I did my best to care for him. Mm. Yeah, and, and it wasn't nice to have a mate come down and then leaving under those circumstances because it's mm. supposed to come down here and be fun and. Have a good time and yeah, ended pretty quick. Oh, look, I still think he had a good time. I think, yeah. It oh, just, 100%, but, yeah, yeah just to leave in an ambulance. Yeah, Martin, if you're listening, bud, we hope you're doing all right. How did you pull up from your um, your crash? It really sucked in more ways than one mm-hmm. because I was actually driving to the airport at 18 to catch my flight to Thailand for my first overseas trip. So I was lying in a hospital bed watching the time tick over that I would have left on a flight and it sucked. Made mm-hmm. you feel worse. Oh, I, I, I think that was the worst thing of the lot. And look, I th- it was interesting because it was my injuries that I sustained, but I reckon mentally it hurt my parents and those around me more seeing me go through all that because they're taking care of you. They're seeing you all messed up when you're in it. You're just like, well, like, you know, you're in it. <coughs> I don't know, I didn't take it on board too much and whatever they said to do to recover, I did. Mm-hmm. But I think under the surface it actually did affect my parents quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, um, I'm a twin as well. Oh. Ah, yeah. Good. And um, there was actually a weird twin moment. My sister had a car accident within, within a K that I did within two weeks. Well, that's terrible. Yeah. That's not cool. And random, very random, but – and I think it was in seeing that and seeing the reactions of my parents, that's when I realised that it actually affected them quite a bit in my last, my accident. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah, no accident is good. Definitely not. No. Nah, no way. Unless you're a baby. <laughs> oh, he's quick. <laughs> Slid that in there, didn't you? Jesus. <laughs> still on the diaper. You missed it. Yeah, oh, you missed it. No, I'm going to grace that with a clap. You're going to have to improve it. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll push the button. <laughs> I think that they be a bit more quicker. <laughs> Probably. Need right. a new sound guy. What do we pay you for? <laughs> Doesn't pay me enough. All right, uh, Beth, what was your first rifle? My first rifle is the rifle I've still got. It's it's what I use. It's my um, Sawyer Classic 100 308. Love it. Very good. Yep. We like a 308, don't we, Josh? We do, and it is a nice rifle, actually. Very nice. Light? Very light. Mm. What, what scope do you have on it? Suaro 
I think it's a V5 or a Z5 or something to do with a 5. I can't remember off the top of my head. Ballistic turret. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very nice scope too. How did you arrive at the decision of rifle to purchase? We, she didn't win it. Look, easy. <laughs> no, lucky. Same, same rifle, well done. Very nice gun. This will probably surprise you, but I was doing – I was going hunting with my husband – and when I say going hunting, tagging along. Yep. I wasn't raised from a hunting family mm-hmm. and over time I got curious and ended up going hunting with him. But the problem was sometimes he'd go like quite late in the afternoon and I'd stay back at camp and some of the areas that we were in were quite wild dog sort of area. And it made me nervous sitting back at camp with nothing if there was a group of wild dogs around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I said I want to learn and get – a gun just to actually have it camp. It wasn't with the purpose of going out and hunting deer or shooting anything. It was just, other than a wild dog, it was just a protection thing. Put yeah, that well. on your reason if I can have a gun license these days. Fucking feds. Nino, Nino. Personal protection. Yeah, but a, a, wait, a 308 with an adjustable turret is where I want it. For wild dogs at 10 metres. <laughs> <laughs> You go that way, and I'll let you know how I go. (laughs) (laughs) Just to clarify, that wasn't the first gun that I've used. That was So the first gun that I used was Baden's, but it wasn't actually mine. Yep. So that's what I learned on, and it was not as sweet as my (laughs) rifle. So, yep. (laughs) I've got a a question. So what sparked your interest in... You said going out uh, with your husband, you know, you had a lot like, sparked your interest. Why? Curiosity. Yeah. So I didn't really have any interest in hunting or mm-hmm. seeing an animal get shot. Mm-hmm. Completely understood why they did what they did, but mm-hmm. wasn't interested in seeing it. And slowly over time with Baden and his dad talking about deer, I got to learn a lot about the different species, what makes them different, what makes them cool, like what they're like. So it started to pique my interest because I love learning. And then Phil, my father-in-law, convinced me to go out with Baden just for one afternoon. He's like, we might not even see a deer, might not even shoot a deer. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just go out with him for an afternoon and just see what you think. I was like, oh, all right. But if you're going to shoot something, I'm going to close my eyes and block my ears because I was like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to see it. I just don't know how I'd feel about it. Mm-hmm. And we, um, yeah, we sat up on a, on a bank with a river below us watching the other side, sun setting, birds tweeting, no reception. And it was really peaceful. We didn't – we heard two stags fighting, Mm -hmm. but we didn't see them. We got honked out on our way back out. But I was just like, wow, this was – this was cool. Let's go again. And then that repeated for pretty much every single weekend after that. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's all. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, that's how I got into it. How'd you go when you first saw a deer? I don't think I was that affected by it because I actually don't remember which deer was our first deer that we got oh. when I saw it happen. Yeah. But I, you know, I didn't cry or, you know, I know I know there's a lot of different reactions when you see a deer get shot. <laughs> no, I, I know Hazy's laughing, but it, it happened. So, like, yeah, no, I, I wasn't. Know, it's emotional. Mm. It is, yeah. It is emotional when you take an animal's life, but it's more... A, the fact that you've hunted him in his environment and got him Ooh. and you appreciate it. Well, my tummy's hungry, mate. Oh, and they taste good. Yeah. That means <laughs> I can't get over it yet. 
That's pretty emotional. There's plenty more in the fridge. Bloody so hell, did I'm you hungry. did you taste deer before you went deer hunting? Is that what got you into it, or like what? No, nah, my parents brought me up on Rue. because it was cheap in the nineties. Yeah, it was pretty cheap and and I easy to over. get for dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so wild game was sort of always in my family. Luckily, a little bit of farming too. So yeah, it's just how it was. Just normality, I guess. And then it just became an obsession. <laughs> Eat what you kill. Yep. We've tried some crazy stuff, actually. I've even tried, uh, probably shouldn't say this, but uh, <laughs> I'll call them bush chooks. They're like a, a little little sort of bird. That, I don't know if they fly or not, but. Not a quail. <laughs> no, nah, it's, like it's like a black little, little bird. And so that sort of looks <laughs> like a chook. Tried one of them one day. That was terrible. One one dude actually shut himself. <laughs> that, that ate it. Yeah, didn't, didn't agree with him as well. No, we cooked it. We ate it. Yeah, oh. yeah. But uh, I don't know. Just give anything a go. Oh, you're talking about a water hen. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I've, oh, I've done my waterfowl course as well, so I should probably know you know what it's called. I'm with you now, thinking, trying to think what black little bird. I know the one. Yeah, it looks like a chook. With an orange yeah, beard. Yeah, they look like yeah. a little chook. I just call them bush chooks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> bush chook. <laughs> we actually thought we saw a bloody chicken in the paddock today. Legit. Yeah, legit. Yeah, legit. We thought yeah. it was a chicken. Yeah. It, there was this stump <laughs> that looked exactly <laughs> like a chicken. It had a bird on top. And so uh, a little, uh, what are they called? Finch? I can't remember. Starling or something. I don't yeah. know. And it's, wagtail. Yeah, its yeah, feathers probably. were like up in the air and it looked like I don't know, it just looked like a chicken. They're like had the head, head profile of yeah. a of chook and then the little feathers look like sort of the neck feathers. I'm but curious, it was how long did you spend looking at this chook? Oh, we're walking towards yeah. it. We're like, what's that yeah. chicken over there? Like, <laughs> no. no, no, we both stopped, looked at each other and, yeah, binos came up and we're like. It's supposed to be looking uh, look at the deer, looking at chooks. Yeah, yeah. We should probably look a bit closer home for actual chooks. But, um, so, Beth, you're out with your husband. In terms of your overall outdoorsiness, how did you how did you find yourself? You know, um, in your upbringing, were you outdoors a lot? Were you camping? Were you fishing? Were you doing? Were, did you have any exposure to hunting at all before your husband? Or um, all the outdoorsy things that you listed, bar hunting was what I was exposed to. Yep. And when I say bar hunting, I mean we did as kids go out into farmers' paddocks and shoot rabbits. Yep. But I wouldn't really classify that as hunting. Ah, good answer because most. People would say, you know, that's hunting. That's your, your, your progression. Most people start shooting rabbits and foxes. And so I'd call it shooting because see how you just said shooting rabbits and shooting uh, foxes, right? Whereas when you talk about deer, going after deer, you'll call it hunting deer, right? Yeah, Not shooting deer. You I go tip- out shooting deer. You go, I go out hunting deer. I'm being schooled tonight. I love this. Yeah, but is this typically because no, you take very- one deer and you take multiple rabbits? No. It's just because it's, it's like pest control. Mm. So in my it's head, vomiting. pest control and, and shooting – you know that you know it's pest control. Yeah, hunting is you have a pretty deep appreciation for the animal, the territory that it's in. You put in hard yards; it's it's typically harder. That's yeah. what I deem as hunting. Yeah, and something that you're passionate about. Shooting rabbits, you, you know, you can have a ball doing it, but I it wouldn't be something I'd say I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. distinction. Yeah, but the Good key word you said there was pest. Deer are True. pest. Rabbits are pest. They are. Foxes are pest. Yep. So you can be shooting pests on your land, including deer. But I would call that shooting. I wouldn't necessarily call that hunting. Mm. But, I mean, look, everyone's different. Yeah, I'm, I'm not judgmental on that, however you want to 
do your lingo is your lingo, but that, that's just how I sort of see it. It's funny you say that because growing up, and I'm sure Josh, you're the same, you know, you take the 22 out and you you go walking around for rabbits and in your mind, looking back now, it was like this mini stalk. You'd have your area where there was a warren and you'd sneak up to it and maybe you wouldn't check the wind, but, you know, you'd certainly not silhouette yourself and move slowly and you'd learn the basic principles that you now utilise when you hunt deer. You're saying rabbits are like a gateway to actual hunting? It's a gateway drug, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. How you've described oh, okay, it, though, yeah. that sounds like a lot more effort or, or emphasis on, on the actual shooting of those rabbits than what we did. We literally mm. just drove around in a car and oh, there was you know, plenty of that as well. Yeah, but like what that. you're talking about with shadows and everything, and like mm-hmm. you know, really putting in effort. And mm-hmm. I started on an yeah. air rifle when I was a kid, then went to the 22, and I can relate strongly to what um, Josh was saying about rabbits because that's all we had back then. And you know, you you belly crawling, you stalking, you shoot, and you're like, yes, yeah. trophy rabbit. <laughs> 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 but with deer, it's the same thing. Even though they're all pests and that. Whether you, you're out harvesting it or hunting it or just going out spotlighting and shooting it, I think hunting's more. I think hunting's more of a, um, you know, you're stalking in on it and you, you're allowing for the wind that's right. You're keeping yourself not silhouetted, and then you and then you, you take it, take the animal. Um, you know, that's that's definitely how I like to do my stuff. I know plenty of farmers and people that just like to go out and shoot it. That's their hunting style. Mm. So I think hunting's a style, not so mm. much of a um, shooting or just a pest management. You know what I mean? So because I'd I'd say there's plenty. It's big here in South Australia, spotlighting, either out of necessity or 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 fun or sport or or food. It's a very big pastime, and you you probably talk to most cockies, and they'd be like, "Yeah, I hunt." And if you went out with them, it'd be spotlighting. That's how they do it. That's their. So you talk to most cockies. Yeah, farm, farm, farm. Oh, okay. That's different lingo to what we've got. I'm like, huh? He's wise, dyslexic. He just talks to birds all the time. (laughs) (laughs) He does that as well. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, you know that they wouldn't look at it any different, other than they 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 might be controlling vermin. But that's just – and to be honest, it is an aid to hunting a spotlight and a car. It's a little bit more progressed from how we would typically do it with a pack and walking, um, you know. In Victoria, they didn't allow spotlighting, but they do now, don't they? You cannot spotlight in state forest. Um, yeah, but you can pri- spotlight on private. private. Yeah, yep. but, but they only just allowed that 12 months ago, wasn't it, or – Oh, I'm not up with yeah. how long ago that was. I'm not sure. I, I think that's what you can do. I'm not sure, but I know that you can spotlight private over in Victoria, but you cannot shoot spotlight or anything in mm. private, like in the state forest yeah. in the national parks. Yep. Well, that's fair because at yeah. night the, the yippies come out too, mate. So well, Those yippies get a watch what, what is yippie? What? Oh, well, you know, just crazy. You have a few, you have a few, sure. few beers and <laughs> – you get a little bit crazy out on the spotlight. Oh, <laughs> that's called the disco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyone who's had too much to drink, yippee. Oh, right. yeah. You know, like you go out yippee shooting, yeah, drinking piss, and yeah. 
It's a cocky thing. We're not all from <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Jesus. come on, you didn't get the town right. Try again. <laughs> Nearly there. Ba- Bansdale. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Bansdale. Like, Bloody hell. hell. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Bansdale. But, you know, it's, it, I guess it's down to the individual what their definition is. But. I, I kind of like how you're defining things, where you're drawing the line between hunting and shooting. I, I think I, we can identify with that. We, we can all relate. That's perfect. Yeah, hound hunters. No, just kidding. <laughs> hound hunters. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Rossi, if you listen to this, bud. <laughs> uh, have you ever tried that, by the way, hound hunting or no, hunting with hounds? No, I haven't. We've got a stalking dog, but, yeah, haven't been out with hound hunters or seen it happen, no. Tagged along. What uh, breed is he or she? He is a wire hair pointer. Yeah. Yep. How does, it, how does he go? How does he go? Stalking dog. He is a ripper. He's come out with us and we do it pretty frequently and, you know, we, we learn how you teach him, like, what you're after because they got such a good nose on him. Mm. They always want to stalk, so you have to sort of hone in on, like, what you're looking for. So once he knew it was deer... He's great. He's got a happy little body language, but as soon as you get him into the bush, he knows that's game time. He doesn't run around like a dickhead or run around behind you or anything like that. He's in front of you. Yep. And he'll walk along and he'll be pretty relaxed until he's on deer. And you'll tell because his tail will sort of slow and then get really tight. And then he'll, if he's real, if the deer is very close, if he can scent it and he knows it's very close, he'll stop. You can oh, almost run into him. And if he thinks he knows exactly where it is, he'll point. Yep. And he will, even if it steps out right in front of him, he will not run at it. He will not bark. He will stand as still as, which is great because a lot of the time the deer look at the dog and then you're able to put the rifle up to his uh, shoulder. And, of course. And mm. you're in protection. Oh, yeah. And then done. <laughs> yep. So safety first. Pointing for a dog, that it's your hunting dog, is looking at the deer or his tail? There's a whole stance that they do sort of. Yeah, because I've seen. You know them. your dog you so well, it's the whole body language. Is it? Like, you know, when you and I relax and we're kicking back on a chair to when yeah. we're like all tight, tight yeah, and locked yeah. up, it's like that. Like they just, their whole body language changes. And you'll watch if they're wind scenting because they'll start to just, their, their nose will go up from tracking it like along the ground or smelling yeah. it in the bush and they'll start like. That's what similar you to what deer do when, when, you're, when you're watching deer and they start to scent you and they start to put their nose up and you're like, they start to do that and. Do you just watch? But he'll get real slow. Like he won't keep up with you when you're walking when he knows they're really close. So, huh, yeah. That's and um, cool, actually. the other yeah. side of it is after you take the shot, which he gets a fair bit of adrenaline built up in him, then he'll want to have like a bit of a run after you take the shot. He won't necessarily run in the right direction. Yep. But if you get him to where the deer was, he'll track it, especially if there's blood. He's great at it. And deer can zigzag and run up and sideways and, you know, run into a spot you didn't even know that they were, which what happened with the first deer that Baden took with Harvey and myself. And, um, yeah, no, it, it, it's great watching them track. It yeah, really wow. is. They're really good at it. So, mm. And mm. he gets so excited because he knows that that's dinner or brekkie, depending yeah, on what yeah, we're yeah. hunting. He always gets a bit of meat. So. Yeah, well, that, cool. that really adds another whole dimension to the hunt, I guess. It does, and another mouth to feed and poo to pick up. <laughs> oh, jeez. Like, yeah. Debbie Downer. That means one backstrap or... Loin chop to the dog. No. Not a no. backy. No. No, no, no. Oh, no backstrap. <laughs> he can just get a bit of whatever, you know, you can chop out or whatever. <laughs> Wing it. 
I've got a dog and it's the worst decision of my life. No, he's a good dog, but Jesus. Caleb's all right, mate, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Bark for me. I'm loyal. <laughs> Bark. <laughs> later, guys. Later. Jeez. I, I haven't got that one on the soundboard, mate. Sorry. <laughs> hey. Anyway, what's going on with your dog? Why is your dog? Oh, no, he's just a – He ate it. Yeah, he's just <laughs> – he's a good dog. He's a German shepherd and – He's nice, and I—I got to admit, I like a dog that can come up to you, want a pat, and then leave you alone. Yeah, you know, like not buggy all the time. Having said that, if he knows that you're sort of like I don't know, feeling sad or some shit, he'd come up and make you smile or some crap. But it, anyway, he's just an idiot. He's dumb. He's an just idiot an with idiot. What? Like, what is he doing? If, if I open in the front door, that's it. I watched him get hit by a car once. He ran out like you'd, you'd like half open the door to walk out. He'd push past, and then that's it. He'd just run and run and run and run and run and not really and look where he's going nah. or what's happening around. Sounds like poor training to me. I chased him down a main road, and he was like running down the, <laughs> this main road in Adelaide for like a couple of k's. It was only because this lady pulled over and said, like, she realised what I was doing, and she's like, "Get in!" and she like cut him off, and we managed to catch him. But he. Why is he running away from you so hard? That's, that's yeah, my that, question. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the thing. He just gets excited. But I took him to dog school and he was he's quite violent with other dogs and some people. So I muzzled him. And I remember rocking up my very first, like, day. He's just carrying on. And anyway, like, we've gone into the group and the instructor's like, oh, we don't allow muzzles here. Take it off. And I'm like, Oh, your funeral, bud. <laughs> Took it off. <laughs> My dog went ape shit. <laughs> and just, like, I remember this, like, golden retriever, like, he just grabbed it around the neck and shit. And I'm like, oh, okay, fucking hell. What, the trainer? No, the, no, the dog. dog. <laughs> 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 but uh, we've, we've, he's basically asked me to put the muzzle back on. And he's that, like, just, he will consistently bark. That I was also asked to like stand twenty meters off the side with the dog, because he was just he would just not settle. How old was he when you were doing that? Like- uh, so I tried a number of years. Uh, so I tried at six uh, at a year. So it was odd. There was a litter. Caleb's ex wife's sister, my ex sister in law, had a, uh, a a shepherd, and I wanted one of their litters. When I had a little like litter champion thing. German bloodline, like yeah. the dog was worth like 30 grand or something. Yeah, Ew. yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, anyway, they they kept one aside for me, and I went to, overseas to Afghan and came back uh, six months later. And so I got him at about a year because puppy school is so important for <clears> other dogs to know that other dogs are not a threat. But this is this is from okay. like so a, a legitimate, legitimate breeder, so. Like, even though there was that year, I'm sure there was some form of training that he had within that year. Like, I have no doubt. It came from quite a uh, like prestigious, a prestigious yeah. Yeah, kennel, yeah. Anyway, uh, I went back a couple of years later and tried again. That didn't work and went back a few years later and that still didn't work. Still the same drama pretty much every time. And the last time I actually took him out, uh, I'll take him for runs, but the last time I'd take him away with me, so I took him down to Victor Harbour in South Australia and I'm walking along one of the jetties and 
there was another dog that had came past and he just he just went it. And all I, I like, just picked him up and just like had him pretty much like half in the air and I just had to wait till the owner came and dealt with his other dog. And I'm like, nah, after that, you're done, mate. Put him back in the, in the back of the ute and I said, oh, I'd lock the ute up and I was like, nah, I'm going to have my holiday. You can stay in there and think about what you've done because it was terrible. See, I don't. Yeah. So it's not a human. I'll explain. No, 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 I'll explain. <laughs> so our wire hair pointer is similar to that. Yeah. So because we stuffed up, we didn't take him to puppy school when he was young. Mm-hmm. So he sees other dogs as a threat. So then his behaviour is protect mum and dad mm-hmm. at all costs. Mm-hmm. And he does not like any other dog. And it does worry me, his behaviour, because if they came in threateningly and fired up at him when he was firing up, I reckon he could kill someone else's dog. Mm. So, And that is purely from our mistake, not taking him to puppy school when he's young. I know how to teach a dog how to sit, how to stay, how to come. Yeah. How to high five, how to do whatever you need, right? But teaching them that other dogs are not a threat. I yeah. feel like you can't learn that as a pup until you're around other pups. Yeah, you've got to and be they, you do do proper behavior, like, you know, with your instructor, they'll see when a dog's getting too aggressive and trying to get around the neck of another dog and be like, nope. So you teach them pretty young. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'll never, never not do that with a dog while it's young again. Do you? Because it's just too hard to have them off a lead or to watch them all the oh, time. 100%. So, does your dog weirdly get along with some dogs though, like one say in every six hundred thousand? If it's a female. Yeah. And its natural default is to be not dominant, whatever the other submissive. Submissive, that's yeah. it. Yep. Then there's a higher chance that he'll be okay with it. But I am watching yeah. every single move when he does, when he's meeting that dog. Yeah. Each yeah. time that he meets him to begin with. And yeah. then after that he's fine. Yeah. Like my mum's dog, female, really submissive, happy days. They play together, they run together, they roll together. They yeah. into each other. Yep. Mm. It's fine. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm, like, I feel like I know that your dog looks like a, a dickhead or like you're like, oh, why would you do that, mate? But, like, I feel like your dog genuinely thinks he's protecting you and doing the right thing by you. So I think if you did discipline him with that or, or, or something like that, he might not understand or just because yeah, I know Harvey I get wouldn't. That. If I flogged him after he beat another dog up, like, I don't think he would get it either. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I do. But it's frustrating because – Yep. You stuck with him for like <laughs> yes. twelve years. Yeah, I'm, yep, never, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Don't worry. <laughs> Great hunting dog, but yeah, Jeez. he is a complete spud, though. Like, yeah, oh, he's a, look, Josh or the dog. <laughs> Both. <laughs> they say the dog is really quick. Really quick to that. <laughs> Got a quick draw over there. Bloody hell! <laughs> no, he's he's look. He's probably said it the wrong way, but he's definitely a beautiful dog, and and he's friendly to me. He's just does my head in. Nah, never buy a dog again. Oh. Just don't do it. Don't wow, do it. that's morbid. Yeah. Not the best experience it. for you, Josh. <laughs> After all that, you would never buy another one. Nah, I don't reckon, man. Just getting into that story. Not man. even with seeing other people and other people's dogs and all that stuff. And Oh, well, at the same time, no one could replace Bear. But, uh, yeah, nah, nah, stuff that. It, it's put it's own. put that much of like a, a a bad taste in my mouth. It's sort of like yeah, nah, I I just wouldn't do it again. I think it would take a lot for me to do it again. And the thought of having a dog is great. And you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's buy a pup. And then you get to a point, you're like, wait a second, once bit, once bit and twice shy. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, mm. <laughs> nah, nah. 
That's just the way it is. <laughs> no, it's fair enough. Each to their own. I don't want a cat, so, you know, I don't know. Whatever pet oh, you like is what you like. Yeah, mm. cats, no. Cats and dogs don't mix. Yeah. They actually, some do. Some do. Some I, do. Yeah, yeah, I've seen cats. That was a cartoon dog. called Cat Dog. Yeah. I've got the theme song in my head. Not coexist in the same body. Cat dog, dear, dear, cat dog. That's the one. That's the one. Jesus. Alone in the world with a little cat dog. That's the one. Oh, man. Someone was paid oodles of money to make that stupid, stupid tune. Oh, it'll stay in your head. It'll be yeah. in my head tonight when I'm trying to fall asleep. Yeah. I'll do your best. I won't even think about doing it with bloody cat dog. Thanks, Andy. We'll see you one tomorrow. Cat dog. <laughs> oh, far out. Well, how about we move from dogs to deer and talk a little bit about your gig with Wild Deer Mac. How did that come about? Um, through social media. Yeah. So I got into, I guess, Instagram and there's such a great – Great hunting community on Instagram. I can't stress that enough. Like there is such good supporters and good people in there and like not only supporters but they'll they'll teach you things along the way and, you know, not doing it in an arrogant way or like, oh, you're a beginner and you don't know. Like they'll actually teach you and help you and, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did a bit on Instagram and then Penny from Wild Deer at the time saw my social media and, and liked what she saw, liked the interactions that I had. I think I wrote in two or three articles for the mag at that point in time mm-hmm. and mentioned it to Dan. She needed extra help. Um, she had quite a lot going on with um, different responsibilities in the magazine and just wanted someone to handle social media, meaning Facebook, Instagram, you know, writing back comments, liking posts, mm-hmm. chasing stories, that kind of thing. Yep. What, who's, um, um, sorry, what's Dan's role for those who don't know? So Dan, Daniel Burke, um, he made the Wild Deer magazine, mm-hmm. started it, and he's now the publisher. So he's still the owner of the magazine. So he's he's my boss. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, not long after that, Dan met me in Bensdale and we had a cover and caught up and, um, yeah, had a yak and he said, yep, you've got the gig and handed me about a 1000 bucks worth of spas a year and I was like, you beauty, sweet. A little bit extra income on the side. Way you go. Great gear. Yeah. Good Jesus. deer magazine. And – it goes so perfect, yeah. and then it grew from there. Has that uh, opened up other opportunities? Obviously, that's quite a big, big thing, and you you get to meet quite a quite a few cool people. I kind of came on right in COVID, so the opportunities uh, to meet new right. people has oh, been harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't met that guy yet, Dan. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> You really want that button to be pushed, yeah, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just you, reaching for it, just oh, can't quite right. get there. He's a bit slow. He's yeah, he's no, no, no. You haven't, you haven't earned that clap, yeah. mate. You haven't earned it. That wasn't quite there. No, COVID, COVID stuff for a fair few things up, I think. Mm. Yep. For a lot of people. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Yeah. yeah. How do you, you find that, like, with, with work and then, you know, your editing side of things, how, like, how did that exist? Like, what did that look like for you? Were you just at home all the time or – no, I was lucky because I work um, full-time um, at the factory and we make basically salads for across Australia really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, food manufacturing does not stop, does not matter what's happening with COVID or how bad it is, it it's just essential. keeps going. So, yeah, essential workers, work was normal. Luckily, because I started with Wild Deer Mag um, and I'm a field editor as well, that gave me basis to still hunt during COVID because I worked for a magazine and magazines were deemed as essential because people in COVID need something to read and something to keep them occupied. So magazines were still running. Newspapers were still running. 
Ching, ching. So I was still able to go out and hunt and write stories for the magazine. Test gear, cool. keep it going. Sweet. So I was, I was one of the mm. lucky ones. And, yeah, the people in Melbourne in Vic just suffered. I really felt for them. Mm. Um, I was very glad not to be living in a city when COVID hit. And very glad to be an essential worker. I think I'd just go crazy sitting at home. I really would. 100%. Can definitely identify with that. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, even even when when COVID started, I was still an essential worker as such because I was in packaging, which obviously you need to package your food. So I was still an essential worker. But being in sales, I didn't really have to you know, go into the factory every day sort of thing. So I did spend a lot of time at home and you just go absolutely mental in your own four walls of your house and there's no sort of work-life separation. I don't know how people can work from home, to be honest, because you get up in the morning, yeah, all right, you can wear your trackies to work, but you, you're doing work at home and it's – I liked having that separation of getting up, going to a job and then coming home and switching mm. off. So, I'll clarify there was a time where everyone in the office had to get split up yep. and we um, quite a few of us had to work from home. So I did have a span where I was working from home, but it was nothing compared to what everyone else. And and it was small enough that I really enjoyed being in trackies and um, being able to get myself endless <laughs> oh, cuppers or whatever. It's and, it's good for it's you know, good watch fun TV, for my lunch break, and you know, just for about like two weeks is good. And then you yeah. get into Tiger King, and it, that was pretty good for a while. And after that phase, <laughs> <Tiger> the, <laughs> Jesus, the rest of COVID was just terrible. Yeah. So, what you you telling me you didn't watch Tiger King, Josh? Oh, I think I watched like thirty seconds of it, and I'm like, no. Yeah, but this. you couldn't get through Adam Project and you fell asleep. So yeah, that's, level yeah. of what you can watch is not great at this point. Something, something yeah. we discuss on this podcast ad nauseum is Josh's need for instant gratification. So if something amazing doesn't happen in the first thirty seconds of a movie, no. Why would you make a movie that doesn't captivate you within thirty seconds to keep you watching it? That's just some dumb shit. I'm trying to rack my brain and think what the hell in has happened in 30 seconds in movies that I've watched at the start. Like what movies are your favourite based on this 30 seconds of glory? Like what's going on in there? What's your favourites? <laughs> like, well, all right, don't all right. you start going down that path, AZ. I can see you off yourself. <laughs> I was picturing the stars go over and the lion roar. <laughs> <laughs> It's not enough to hook you in, Anyway, mate. Josh. <laughs> no, I think I, I've got – it's weird because I do have some exceptions to the rule. Game of Thrones, the first season was terrible. It was like, eh, why am I going like, to watch it again? And then the second season, it's just like, nah, yeah, you're done. And 30 seconds in the second season, you're like, yeah, it's, it's down your alley. But movies, I don't know. You've got all your throwaway ones like Lone Survivor, American Sniper, comedies like uh, Step Brothers. My God, that shit is funny. <laughs> this wedding is horse shit. <laughs> yeah, fucking oath, that shit is funny. 30 seconds, that's all you need. Yeah. I'm leaving that alone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Please, be quick about this. <laughs> Shut up. I don't think it's ever been requested. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Anyway, well back to back to deer. Wow. So well you're lucky you were able to get out for a hunt during COVID lockdowns. So where'd you go? How did like what was what was hunting during COVID for you? Was it good because there was no one else around? Did it actually open oh, up? Oh, there was way more? less traffic. Yeah. But, you you know, 
less when pressure you're on the regularly, deer? regularly, you know where your spots are that you really like. Mm. And you know other spots that you've thought about, but it's whether or not you're motivated to go and check them out and put in the hard yards and work out if that's what you want. It really just was like hunting as normal. Okay. It wasn't wasn't different for us. You still got your favourites. It was just take a magazine with you because then if you're at a reception and you get pulled over by a cop or whatever or you're at a bakery or I don't know, just whatever, then you can show that you've got proof of being mm-hmm. able to legally be out there because you don't want to put any of your firearms or anything else at risk. So I was going to ask you, did you get pulled over at all? No. Never yeah. got pulled over, never got questioned. Yeah. But I always had myself covered, so no, no sweat. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Too easy. Yeah, no, that's – yeah, that's good for for you, but yeah, there was a lot of people that certainly got locked down, didn't they? And what's the what's the deal? Just quickly with uh, Shot Show Deer Expo getting moved again. So Dan, the wild deer boss Dan, sold the rights to the expo to a group um, that have the rights to host. I think it's three expos, something like that, off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So it's up to them when they do it. Oh, so. It's up to them if they postpone it, when they run it. Yeah, so mm. um, it's actually not within the Wild Deer group oh, at this point. Right. So. That, wasn't, that wasn't trying to be rude or anything. I was just like uh, sitting there thinking, wait a second, the Deer Expo has been moved again, but like everything's sort of like flexing out. It was like, uh, is it because of COVID, the last one? But I don't know what restraints they had on the number of people you can have in a certain area. Yeah, mm-hmm. For a certain period of time, whether that be outdoors or indoors, which heavily weather affects everything. Like it, yeah. you got pretty expensive equipment. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't know the ins and outs, but I'm assuming and giving them the benefit of the doubt that that's that's what was going well, on. Well, it, it cost yeah. quite a lot of money to exhibit there. So if there's not the foot traffic through the exhibits, then it's not going to be worth however much you're outlaying to exhibit there. You're not going to sell as much stuff. Yeah, but so. they're allowed what fifty thousand at a footy stadium. In certain states, mate. Yeah. It's the um it was the indoor number that was a problem. Exactly. Could they have just moved it south? Oh, fuck. South south. Move it fuck. south. Yeah, because the footy's outside. Yeah, but half the deer expo's outside. It was inside. Oh. What Well just Majority move it outside. Can't can't be outside, man. Move it outside. Starts raining. Yeah. Do you know that Marquees. outdoors is when there's no roof over the top of your head? Marquees, mate. <laughs> Just go get some King's Marquees, put them up. You're good. They blow away, mate. <laughs> ah, pick you can deer. always put the suggestion out there and just see if they listen. I don't know. <laughs> Outdoor Deer Expo. Josh will run it. Done. Million dollar idea. Hey, if it works, it works. You make a buck or two. At right? least it'll actually go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. It won't keep getting postponed, will it, if we did that? Yeah. But, I was looking forward yeah. to it, actually. And it got, I saw the. Uh, we were looking yeah. forward. Yeah, we were. Yeah. We I think collectively we were, everyone yeah. at this table was yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, so that's true. We yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. That's all. It'll go ahead. Very good. One day. Beth, is there a favourite article that's been published in your time with Wild Deer Mag? Yeah, you've got to say one person. <laughs> you're, you're kind of limited here. <laughs> it's not about the pictures. Sometimes it's about the articles. <laughs> <laughs> no one reads that shit, mate. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Everyone remembers the pictures. Yeah, there, so I recently got to help pick the 2021 winners for Outstanding Stories. And there was a couple of great stories that I really liked. One stood out, which this bloke had an absolutely horrid time out there. 
um, I burnt his boots or he just had several things go wrong that most people would go, I'm going to pack it in. But he didn't. Pushed and he through. persevered and pushed through backpacking with mates but in pretty pretty hard country, kept going, got the most ripper stag. And so he damn should. If he pushed through all those things that went wrong that made me laugh, like I laughed so much and nearly cried reading this article, like you poor bloke, <laughs> like you're going through shit. And, he, yeah, he came out with this great stag and, like, boy, he earned it. So I really enjoyed that one because I think it's really important to share the mistakes that you make because then other people can learn from it. But also we all make mistakes. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. There's always something that you're like, God, why did I do that? Or what, what was I thinking? Or just, yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> where are you going now, Hazy? Looking at Josh, he's laughing. <laughs> no, no. He's perfect. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly, mate. Yep. I see it's, it's good when it's hard, though, and you've earned it because it's that cold can of Coke at the end of the day tastes better. So, yeah, your, your reward. You're going to appreciate it and remember that for the rest of your life, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, so. and no one tells stories about that. easy shit. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Mate, keep working. You'll, you'll get that button eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, now, Beth, something we ask all, I guess, is do you have a dream hunting location and or species that you would like to achieve? I feel like this is an interesting one because I asked you boys that in the car earlier. <laughs> well, partially. The second true, half of the true, question. True, true. Ideal hunting area. Ideal hunting area negative because I've hunted on the surf beach, loved it. Hunted in the mountains, loved it. Hunting out here in really flat, open South Australian country. Whoa, but whoa, with we're like, saying flat. Let's take whoa. you like, let's take you north and you'll be like, oh, it's a desert. Hang on, I said I'm hunting in flat territory. Like I so said, right now where I've been, pretty yeah, flat, okay, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yep. And I enjoy the diverse landscape that deer live in because it just gives you more appreciation for it mm-hmm. and different skills, I guess, in different areas that you're in. So I don't really have a key area that I would deem for that. What about country? country. We, can go, we can go for an international hunt. Haven't been so. I don't mean we, you and I. I mean just no, no, you, no. You. But it's in like I, I haven't been overseas to hunt, so I wouldn't. Uh-huh. There's some incredible creatures, and incredible hunting. I like hunting and, and creatures, and you know, there's a lot of enjoyment that you could get from doing those sort of experiences. But until I do them, I wouldn't know. Uh-huh. I know, I, I know when you see it, it looks amazing. But is that more amazing than that other one that, that you're seeing? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have to find out. And as far as a species. That I love the most at the moment of the ones that I've hunted, I like fellow the most because of their diverse coats. I really, I really like how different they can be from like pure white to pure black and everything in between. Yeah, wow. We're going and real like specific. So. Favorite species, deer, and then fallow. Yeah. Just to even narrow it down even more. I like it. Yep. Cool. It's, I like where you're getting with the fallow and the, the coats. That's. There's a jet black one out, out here at the moment uh, that, uh, that uh, someone passed <laughs> up. And I'm regretting it, all Caleb right? Caleb is cringing over I here. I am. I'm regretting it. Right I now. should have shot it. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't and you see it again and you don't shoot it, you're going to cop my rifle butt in your shoulder. If I see it again, it's going down. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this thing was just handsome. Absolutely. Oh, ruggedly handsome. Black, shimmering coat. So hang on. Whoa. 
Why didn't you shoot it then? You're talking about oh. shoving him with a rifle butt. Yeah, like yeah. what? What? Like oh. why? Because I'm a mate. And but he said no. Yeah. So didn't you go, yes? Do you know? No, do you, I, didn't want to, is, I didn't want to blow his, his, his stalks. I'm seeing a lot of blame here and I think you had an opportunity. <laughs> glad you finished that sentence. easily could have done it. Um, didn't want to blow his stalk. Okay. That's actually a fair point is you could have yeah, come look, forward and, and I'm regretting that now. <laughs> Maybe he just wants to give you more shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Truth well, is we could have shot it the day before. Yeah. But we sat there and watched it for 20 minutes. Yeah. So All three of you. Soak no, just, no, just me and Josh. Oh, yeah. okay. He came down later. All right, so I'll pass it up once. You pass it up twice. So <laughs> who's the bigger criminal here? <laughs> yeah, because once again, we were, we were both that, thinking about hunt. Yeah, we were both thinking about you. Yeah. Well, I'm touched. Yeah, we're selfless. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> where'd, nah, where'd, well, where'd you get touched? <sighs> right in the feels. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> next to me. So was that you touching me or me touching you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Touching me, touching you. Oh, no. <laughs> Josh's playlist. Oh, God. <laughs> that is something, if anyone's ever been out hunting with Hainsey, the playlist in the car is an eclectic mix of mostly hard dreads. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Red Square, mate, ripping it up. Woo. Hey, no one's sleepy on a hunt with me. <laughs> No one's safe either, apparently. <laughs> We're not instilling very much uh, confidence into death right now. <laughs> She's got a yeah, I just moved my chair back. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Well, how did you find yourself down here, fortunately for us, and able to do the podcast with us, but how did you find yourself down here with Haynes? Was this an Instagram connection? This was an Instagram connection, Yep. Yeah, um, we started talking through Instagram way back. Oh, and dear. Yeah, mm. yep. And, um, yeah, Josh said, I got some private access in South Australia, you should come. And at that point in time, I wasn't able to get to South Australia. But then when an opportunity came up, um, I'd just been hunting on a, another farmer's property in South Australia. So when that opportunity came up, I reached out to Josh as well and said, hey, I'm coming to South Australia and, you know, have you still got access and – you still want a hunting buddy? Do you want? Do you care if I come over and see you and go for a hunt? And came here. Perfect. And met. And Josh is like, yeah. Are uh, you regretting it? <laughs> That's the biggest question. <laughs> How do I look all three of you in the eyes and tell you? <laughs> she says she wants to die young. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to get in big that trouble was, tonight, that was a Adrian. Joke. That was yep. a joke. But that, that is the beautiful thing about social media. You can connect with people all over the country, all over the world. So uh, certainly a lot of our connections we've made with people have been through Instagram and social media. So it is a good thing in terms of the hunting community. Uh, how do you feel about about that and, and sort of changing people's perception of what a hunter is? We did speak about this a bit a bit earlier on today. Um, where do you think we're at as as hunters out there in the community and our perception? So where do I think hunters are at with the community perception? Mm, yep. Sorry, that's probably a better way of yep. wording what yep. I was well, trying was like to get out of my mouth. There were questions in there, so I just wanted to clarify that Yeah, one. no, very good. You are an editor, so fair enough. Um, In the hunting community. No, in the community in general, yeah, not the hunting yeah, community. Yeah, yeah, in, in the community. How do you think the, the community at large perceives hunters? Where are we at? In our area, I don't think they perceive them as a bad thing necessarily. I also think there's a huge lack of understanding in mm-hmm. the general community of what hunters are mm-hmm. doing, what 
why they're doing what they're doing, what it means as far as our environment goes. I think there's a lot of lack of understanding and probably lack of care of understanding, to be completely honest, mm. and a bit of judging because there's that lack of understanding and just a general perception of, I guess, sometimes there's a general perception of rednecks drinking beer, just shooting deer and just n- not necessarily going. <laughs> <laughs> put, the weird, put the beers away, boys. But no, yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, I, know, I know what you mean. Though. There is there is a bit of a stigma with hunters that, you know. When I say drinking beer, shooting deer, I mean like from a car, like drinking beer and yeah, in a paddock yeah, and yeah. trying to shoot deer. Like. Not responsibly. No. Drinking beer or hunting, which is actually just shooting. I think, yeah, that's, there's definitely a, a – since Steve Rinella had has sort of like pushed meat eaters out there and things like that, it's like almost this – this flow-on effect in Australia and people are just uh, – have have suddenly realised the commodity of deer meat and, and you know, harvesting wild animals and things like that is getting quite large quite quick, which is good. It's good because uh, it changes people's perception on, on hunters. We've just got to continue doing that in the right way. Mm. I mean, all, all jokes aside, like we're enjoying a bevy together now, but come – Five thirty six in the morning. We'll madly try and wake ourselves up, have a coffee, and get out there. Like it's very different. Like you're not. Most people wouldn't put themselves through that. Like the hardship of an early morning walking around in the freezing cold. Just comes back to that saying: the uh, majority wreck it for the minority. Is that right? Or Other the way around. Way around. Minority, minority will wreck it for the majority. Told you. Yeah. <laughs> Flip it. Reverse it. Yeah. Done. But you know, I agree. Man? But I also think like because I know I was in that boat because I wasn't raised around hunting. Mm. Like I genuinely did think people who hunt deer literally just walk into a bush and shoot a deer and I didn't think much other than that. Like it wasn't yeah. how hard yeah. it is yeah. or how good the animal is or how difficult the hunting, you know, shooting technique and <laughs> gear you're using and mm. no clue. It's definitely no walk in the park. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but that's what makes it good and special. And I've had a couple hunts now with Josh that are so memorable it is not funny. Like just some crazy shit has happened during them. And it's been hard. It's been tough. There's been days previously where we've seen nothing or, or, or got nothing uh, and then suddenly nature's just gone, we're going to put on a show and and you're going to love it. And it's like, yeah, cool. And everything works out. Yep. I think if it was really easy, we wouldn't do it. Mm, definitely. I don't think we would. No. People, people don't because there's McDonald's. Yeah. People ask me, why do you hunt so much? Well, every hunt's different. You might walk 50 k's, you might walk 15 k's, you might see 10 deer, you might see 50. Kill two people. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep on going with that joke as long as I can, mate. Yeah, but you might, you know, you might harvest a meat animal, you might shoot a beautiful trophy or you, you witness a mate shoot his first deer. And for me, it's just been out there and, and – the unknown or what's going to happen on that hunt. So that to me is my hunting. I'm just going to slide this in that you actually are very lucky because when you were listing off what you'd normally see in a morning, like five deer or plus, there's been plenty of hunts that I've been on that have not seen a deer. And I think that's a lot of deer hunters as well. Oh, it is yeah. not easy. And yeah. even if you have great spots, if you have great technique, if you, you know, the wind direction's right, if the temperature's right, whatever, whatever it is that you do. 
<laughs> does not guarantee that you'll see a deer, mm. let alone get a chance. Yeah, I've done a, a lot of blind stalks. Yeah, that is Apes. that's yeah, that's hunting. That yep. um, yeah, there's no guarantee. I think if hunting was easy, you wouldn't do it. Well, I wouldn't do it. I don't know meat tastes pretty good, but yeah, I get I get what you're saying, but uh, yeah, I went to Vic uh, ten times in a year actually, and I saw a deer once, one trip, yeah, ten out of ten times it was terrible. Yeah, shot a pig. But that, that one deer time. that you might see might be a ripper. That's oh. the thing, especially if you're in Samba deer t- territory and you're looking for a big stag. That is yeah frequent. That yeah. one. To clarify that though a bit, like that was completely flying blind, like hitting state forest, new area, yeah, scoping out new spots. Without the hardest yet, with yeah, exactly. That's all we were doing um, because I was probably there for a few of those, just scoping out areas we had no idea about and no recommendation from anyone else. We literally just got on Google Earth and went, "This looks all right. Let's check it out." Then print, then enlarge them, print them off. What is it called when you contact them? Laminate. Laminate, that's it. Laminate them and, yeah, just <laughs> oh, hope man. for the best. Word of the day. Mate, laminate. whiteboard marker to mark on My scan. brain's not working right now. Exactly so. what we used yeah. to do. <laughs> no, don't write it. I need audible, but I can't hear. Right? Dyslexic and, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Makes two of us. No, having a look on um, Google Maps and, like, the satellite version, that's what we do a lot. If yeah. we're looking at where we are, whether we think it's good deer territory across the hill or the mountain or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, gives, it gives you a good <laughs> good sort of like uh, helping hand to get into it, that's for sure. But it's not the be all and end all. We've, we've had Google Earth and had a few spots before where it's been like clear or, or water or, or pasture and you get there and you're like, yeah, there's nothing here. Mm. Yeah. But that's the thing because some of our hunting spots we've scoped out, we see nothing on the first trip. We always – Always make ourselves go back because you can't judge a spot off just one trip. Yeah, it's always going to be that fluke day where they're not there. And, yeah, and always. And the season might change, yeah. man. Yeah, that's true. As well. Yeah. True. Yeah. You know, stuff dries out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Do you chase that sweet pick? So if it's a bit moisture coming in, they'll come They'll come back to that area. Yeah, that's true. Well, this this could be a series we're talking about little tips and tricks. This might be a good way of getting an answer for question seven which is the best piece of advice you've been given. Let's be specific. What's the best piece of advice for hunting you've been given? A tip you've you've been given for your hunting to improve that. Don't rush the shot. Mm. So, so there's been a lot advice. of times where I haven't pulled the trigger because I was not either I was not in a comfortable position enough to know that I was going to make a good shot. Mm-hmm. Or if you're feeling really pressured to make the shot, you're going to be more jerky and you're probably going to hit a the deer in a spot that you don't want to be hitting it. So it's not going to be a kill shot. Yep. So especially when you're learning, I think it's really important. Yeah, don't if rush it. If you can, yeah. don't rush it. Yeah. For sure. There's been times where I've had too much adrenaline and my gun is waving around like a flag and I just was no. <laughs> <laughs> not today. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yep, buck fever, whatever, whatever you call it. Yep, yeah. no. Nah. And I've put the gun down yeah. and watched the deer walk off or feed along. Well, at the end of the day, it's about being ethical as well. So you want to make that clean kill shot. So if you're waving around, like you said, a flag, you don't want to be uh, taking that shot. So good advice for anyone else out there as well. But I think that's a disadvantage in a way of how I've got into hunting because I've got into hunting at this stage of life. So I think a lot of people, when they're raised on 
farms and, you know, in a hunting background, you generally started as kids with rabbits and, that, you know, you'd do a lot more off the shoulder shot or a lot quick shots or, mm-hmm. or, or rushed, rushed shots, I guess. So yep. you're a lot better off the shoulder and a lot better off the knee or, or a lot better with a deer on the move at taking those shots. True. Whereas I haven't had that. And because I have such an appreciation for deer, I really don't want to take that shot if I think it's not going to be a good shot. Yep. So I kind of, and I've been aware of this and looked at like how I'm hunting and things that I want to improve on. And I almost want to take a step back and go and hunt or shoot rabbits for the sake of learning how to shoot on the move and learning where to put your rifle in front of that target that's moving to be able to get an accurate shot so that Mm. I can take that shot at deer as they're on the move. Another good um, thing for that too, Beth, is um, clay target shooting. Mm. That'll teach you the same thing, how to swing a rifle or a shotgun. But Yeah. um, And – being one of those kids that learnt to swing a rifle and shoot a rabbit or whatever on the run and, and that as a young kid growing up on a farm, it comes down to distance too. You don't want to take a too long a shot out on the run with a rifle because you don't want to wound it either. So it comes, you know, if it's in its, in its own like distance where you know you can take that animal and humanely kill it, you take the shot, otherwise you wouldn't do it. Even though you know you probably could, but it's a risk. Good but, advice. But yeah, I wouldn't shot, have thought about clay target shooting yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah. Even if you just go down to the club and give it a go, like these guys here got me into it, and I love it. it certainly helps. There's uh, no doubt about that. It's um, it's very instinctual shooting. So you learn you learn a lot about your eyes. You learn a lot about your body movement and your fluidity, and that all helps in in offhand shooting. Definitely, for sure, for sure. Well. We're all going to be up early in the morning. What do you reckon? Should we wrap this puppy up? Yeah, man. I've got to take a leak like a champ. Thanks for sharing, <laughs> Josh. Yeah. Just go, mate. I, did. Right. <laughs> I think we don't think anyone needed to know that, mate. All right. all right. Now, Beth, if anyone wants to check out what you were up to on Instagram, how can they do that? Um, just have a look for Beth Nichols or Wild Deer. Easy one. Yeah, and if they, I was going to ask as well, if they want to get a copy of Wild Deer Mag, where's the best place to to do that? Support your um, local hunting shop. Most hunting shops will sell Wild Deer. But you can also get it off the website. Yep. You can get a subscription off there or or a one-time purchase and see the magazine and see what you think. Beautiful. Yeah, or all news agents as well. Very good, very good. All right, well, thanks for listening. Thanks, Beth, for coming on the podcast. We're sitting in a Shearer's Quarters. On location, it's great. I mean, I've enjoyed this one. So, <laughs> thanks. It's around, it's around the campfire, but Camp Mum wouldn't let us have it around the fire oh. because he's like, "Who'd wreck the mics?" So, all right, everyone, we've done it in it. <laughs> yeah. That's what Mum does, mate. It's always sensible. Yeah. Do you know it's what? Terrible. There's a campfire ten meters from where we're sitting, so it still counts, all right? Yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no. Look, one day we will have it around the fire. I think you guys need some more time to hash this out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we'll go argue, but I think we should all get to bed and then get up early in the morning. All right, dude and dudettes, that's it for Senate Mate Podcast. We will catch you next time. We will. Thanks, Beth. Thank you very much. Thanks, Hainsey, for stepping in. Thanks, bud. You did a better job. What? (laughs) (laughs) Ryan would never listen to this, so that's fine.
G'day dude and dudettes, Josh here. Do you find it hard to keep your long, hard barrels free from gun STDs? Maybe you need a clean out of your bore. If this is you, jump on over to highcaliber.com.au and use the promo code SENDITMATE to receive a 10% discount on all your gun cleaning needs. And remember, it's sexy to support Australian-made products. Everyone here at Send It Mate uses high calibre, and we can promise you that it'll keep your firearms free from those pesky gun STDs.